Welcome to the Dr. Ajay Makin podcast. Today we'll be talking about burnout. And with me, I'm with Dr. Ajay Makin. Welcome, Doctor. Hello, Reggie, and hello to all the listeners. Thank you. Thank you so much. What is burnout? So, Reggie, burnout is relatively new in the mental health sphere. It was first introduced, interestingly, by a psychologist in 1974, Freudenberger, who observed behavioral, emotional, and cognitive challenges amongst overcommitted community workers. He described it as a negative work state and with symptoms of physical fatigue, emotional exhaustion, and demotivation. And then again in 1976, Maslach defined burnout as consisting of mental and emotional exhaustion, a negative perception of oneself and feelings about clients or patients, in fact, complete depersonalization or cynicism. And this leads to a crisis in professional competence and basically you not working at the level you wish to or used to. It's basically a consequence of prolonged work-related stress and it's usually characterized by emotional exhaustion. And this is the most widely uh, reported in research literature and the, probably the most significant component that patients will describe. Interestingly, uh, a trait of cynicism is even noted towards one's work and the value of one one's work with and you get detached and withdrawn mm. you feel like a cog in the machine and we feel totally negative and this leads to a lack of accomplishment and e- efficacy interestingly it's not an established medical diagnosis in fact the world health organization just added burnout to its international classification of diseases in 2019 or so and its symptoms are confined generally to the work domain However, it may progress to a clinically significant mental health care problem. Uh, symptoms of burnout are generally job-related and specific uh, situations that lead to it. Whereas in depression, it's more typically generalized. And whereas generally burnout results from stress that comes from a social relationship between a helper and a help recipient, uh, the victim is the giver. Whereas the client is the receiver. Other things that burnout has been referred to is compassion fatigue. And this definition is maybe more appropriate for care providers. So yeah, so that would be in ways where we've seen burnout affect patients. And we'll see generally, as I said, the main three symptoms are the energy exhaustion, the negativism or the cynicism, and the reduced personal efficacy. Interesting. I think I, what I find more interesting is that it has been rather documented as a as an illness, whereas it wasn't. And I guess to some extent, one would wonder the prevalence of that. How how prevalent is that? So it can manifest in any person in any profession. We're seeing it more so a lot, uh, diverse as than it used to be, and the number of individuals suffering is continually rising. Mm given the demands of the modern work environment. Mm. We estimate the prevalence to be between 2 and 7% of the working population. Most studies originally focused on the health professional, but we're seeing, as I said, an increase in prevalence even in the industrial and technological sectors, where now work demands that you're available 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And given we have other work in our lives, especially, I would say, from a mom perspective, a female perspective, where as much as you're doing your work during the day, you also got to go home and work with your children, the partners, and all these other commitments and responsibilities that go with it. But over the years, the studies have been done more so amongst the uh, healthcare professionals. And interestingly enough, in the US, 22% of physicians are estimated to be burnt out. In the UK, 27% have been reported. In Germany, 20%. 
And similarly, amongst teaching professions, 30% of teachers are burnt out. And some report study, uh, studies report up to 40%. So it's something that's going to increase and we're seeing more and more professions affected by it as we get more and more engaging with people and the demands clients expect from us, should I say. Is it caused by, because I'm hearing you saying that it's particularly related to working. What causes it? Because I do believe back in the days people used to work, right? But it seems as though there's something about how we're working that contribute uh, to to burnout. And I wonder from your own clinical understanding, what causes what causes burnout? It's interesting. And I'd like to raise something because maybe this is the one of the reasons why it wasn't seen as an independent mental health condition previously. Because in many ways, it was bunched together with depression. So burnout generally is job-related and sp- situation-specific, whereas depression tends to be generalized to all situations and spheres of life. Generally, with burnout, the task that you probably were involved in was pleasant. The situation originally may have been pleasant. The circumstances might have been fine. Whereas generally with depression, it's usually unpleasant. The situation and circumstance is not something you enjoy. Mm-hmm. What I find with patients who are burnt out, definitely over-engaged. They have a strong sense of urgency to complete their tasks, high activity, time-driven, place-driven, very uh, focused on achieving their goals within a certain time frame and get to a point where they're emotionally numbed and fatigued. At the end of the day, they'll tell you, I just want to be left alone. Mm -hmm. Whereas interestingly with depression... You want to avoid the engagement. There's lethargy, there's inactivity, emotional pain and hurt. And you actually may be dangerous to be left alone. Hmm. Hmm. So as we were saying, yes, the work environment definitely leads to burnout. And generally it can be a mismatch between the individual and the job assignment in terms of workload. And this most obvious cause because patients will describe the excessive workload and this correlates with the emotional exhaustion it's just the excessive quantity and the time frame you have to complete it we have patients describing where they're working from four five in the morning and leaving their work eight nine at night and this is not just for a few days this goes on constantly and another huge factor is the lack of control autonomy should i say Mm. and refers to basically not having the necessary resources and authority to complete the task in an efficient manner and is related to the personal accomplishment component is not as strong as it generally would like it to be. A very important factor is definitely effort-reward balance and usually refers to the financial compensation where the rewards are not although rewards are not necessarily financial and maybe external in terms of recognition for a job well done, uh, there's generally inadequate rewards for the work that they do. Mm -hmm. And people don't feel that they're being financially compensated or being acknowledged by their workplace in terms of what they do. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge factor. Another important factor was reported to be community, camaraderie and affinity. And community and camaraderie refers to your workplace. If there is that connection with others, it actually alleviates the burnout. Because we're inherently social beings and we thrive in places where we can share in our successes and failures. But if you only are being held up because of your failures or if you're only being negated for that and your uh, 
achievements are not being recognized mm. definitely causes a lot of uh, stress how and also another huge factor is unresolved personal conflicts within the workplace mm-hmm. more and more patients describe their workplace as being toxic full of conflict mm-hmm. not wanting to go back because of the person that they're sitting next to another big factor we see a lot of is fairness people feel they're being treated unfairly they feel there's favoritism in the workplace they feel that they're being left aside in terms of a promotion where someone has got it inappropriately and a, probably a big factor to bring out that we seeing more and more of is the values of the person the individual are different to the institution's values yes the institution might claim hey we have the same values they'll have it up on a vision vision board or a, as we call it the vision and the mission statement of the company but inherently the individual recognizes there's a mismatch the individual's job expectations and assigned tasks must be consistent with his own personal value system and if the organization differs that challenges a person we see more so organizations accused of corruption mm-hmm. and the person has to sometimes feels obliged to compromise their value setting to ensure that they have a job at the end of the day mm-hmm. so all these factors contribute mm-hmm. to the burnout is there is there any um relationship between burnout and character most of the time on the cvs you mention i'm a hard working person and not knowing that you might be actually putting yourself prone to something like burnout um and you might live in that kind of uh character that you describe yourself so fascinatingly attributes that we see as positive actually can contribute to burnout mm. if you and people say this i'm a perfectionist it's one of the questions i ask all my patients do you mm. see yourself as a perfectionist mm-hmm. do you see yourself as someone who likes to control situ- situations and they usually answer in the affirmative however that predisposes to burnout yet at the same time indecisiveness self criticism can also contribute they talk of inflexi- inflexibility mm-hmm. because if you're not able to go with the situation that also makes it tougher mm-hmm. idealism setting yourself goals which are really out there and interestingly enough sometimes empathy because you're the one then taking on the load bending over backwards for others these are some of the factors mm-hmm. if you're younger you may be more prone to uh, burnout although we may argue that age is a co-found confounder for experience work experience mm-hmm. If you're single, you are more prone to burnout and that's possibly because you lack the social support around you to get through the day. Sometimes coming back home as much as you've had a tough day and then being coerced into the identity of being a mom or dad, a sibling or a, a child helps you shift mindsets from the workspace. But if you live on your own and you're single, it probably you don't let go of that work mindset hmm. as easily as someone who's got other social should i say responsibilities mm-hmm. having a low self esteem mm. and what we call an external locus of control that means you attribute outcomes to events to other people or to events outside your control are more prone to burnout mm-hmm. interestingly what we always thought as traditionally i should say thought of as good for workplace mm-hmm. is the classic type a personality mm-hmm. they are more prone to burnout particularly with regards to exhaustion component mm-hmm. emotional exhaustion mm-hmm. And similarly individuals with high job expectations 
are also prone to burnout because their expectations lead to them working harder. And so what you find is that there's interesting paradoxes that result. The current behaviors that we identify, encourage and reward are the most likely to result in burnout. And the personality traits that suggest a lifetime of success interestingly lead to burnout. And that is the classic type A individual. Mm -hmm. You know, I like the fact that you mentioned um, the the kind of personalities that actually leads to, or rather make people prone to, to, to burnout. And I, I wonder, I mean, obviously they're working hard and that creates that, that kind of cycle of, of what they do every day. What are other individual cycles that actually leads to burnout? So what you'll find, what we'll do, we'll go into the workplace, we all young, we got so the energy levels are high and you want to prove yourself we feel this compulsion compulsion to prove ourselves we work hard we neglect our personal needs because hey work comes first we're going to show we're going to be at the top of the game we're going to not show that we can't cope we you know we're not going to fade mm-hmm. we displace conflict because we're so focused on getting it we keep it unresolved we go on mm-hmm. and then we find ourselves our value setting starts shifting. Mm -hmm. It's so focused on the goal Mm -hmm. that it's at the expense of what we might see as principles, sometimes morals and ethics. We deny the problems that are emerging, you know, in terms of physical health and mental health, emotional health. We, We let go of those. We deny all those problems that emerge, be it in family, social conflicts and stuff. We withdraw. We get more and more work focused. We step away from family. And then we our behavior starts changing. We may get irritable, angry, mm-hmm. frustrated with those around us who are not related to our work or even with those at work who don't meet up to the high demands we set ourselves. Mm-hmm. We become depersonalized. Mm-hmm. We do not necessarily engage people emotionally and socially. Mm-hmm. It all becomes a work. There's an inner emptiness. Mm-hmm. And these are, I'm using these words, but these are the things that develop over time and eventually leads to the depression and the burnout that we experience. And we become so numb to the original feelings we had mm-hmm. we are oblivious to how to change it and how to shift it mm-hmm. because we assume the track we lead, we we on is the only path to success mm-hmm. and this is not necessarily by the way a linear process as in these what you'll go through you'll go through these in different ways you may experience uh you know shift in mo- uh, emptiness immediately mm-hmm. you know feeling mm-hmm. empty immediately not mm-hmm. feeling fulfilled mm-hmm. and then experience other traits like depersonalization later mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and as much as you feel these things there's an inner compulsion still we're driven to prove ourselves mm-hmm. that leads to us working harder mm-hmm. you speak to individuals that work in highly so-called highly successful organizations mm-hmm. where they are paid a huge sum of money mm-hmm. they pride themselves on these qualities. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to demonstrate the intellectual ca- capacity, neglecting personal and family needs. In fact, it's placed on a pedestal to behave that way. Mm-hmm. How dare you bring your family issues here? In fact, mm-hmm. most of them seem to be living quite um, narrow lives, if I call it that, as in it's all about work and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yet, when as a psychiatrist, I'm exposed to that aspect, mm-hmm. you find that there's so many challenges that they avoid Mm-hmm. in their social lives. And the individuals are at some point begin to realize that there's something quite not right in their personal or professional lives. Mm-hmm. But 
we even struggle to recognize that conflict mm-hmm. because it's so normalized. Mm-hmm. They've continued to focus on their career, revise their value systems, and that the work is of complete importance at the exclusion of everything else. Mm-hmm. And the work becomes the source of their self-esteem. We become intolerant, cynical towards our colleagues who don't sh- share the same commitment, becoming socially withdrawn because... Anything else but work is seen as a waste of time. And this leads to further behavioral changes and eventually at some deep level, we will feel this internal sense of worthlessness. And then, as a result, the process deteriorates. The individual fails and doesn't see themselves as valuable to others. It further reiterates the sense of emptiness. And then, sadly, it might lead to maladaptive behaviors, Mm. substance use and abuse. Mm fundamentally leading to that depression and burnout. From your last statement, an individual start failing, obviously because they're completely burnt out. What are the costs on the companies that these people are working for? What are the So generally, companies look at the immediate, uh, not the immediate costs, the, in the sense of don't recognize the costs, should I say. Mm. And if a person burns out tough, you'll get someone to replace. But studies have shown that When this happens, when burnout occurs in an organization, it leads to employer-employee conflict, generally, because recognize these people are still working in an organization. They're not leaving on the day they get burnt out. Mm. Poor job performance. Mm. There's high absenteeism rates. Mm. There's poor morale, chronic work disability, physical impediments, Mm. increased hospital admissions due to mental and medical disorders. Burnout is associated with the substantial excess of, we found, of certified absence, mm-hmm. sickness absence for both the men and women. Mm-hmm. So results, in fact, from a 2005 survey mm-hmm. showed that absenteeism was, and this is in the UK, caused by stress, cost the economy in 2004-2005 billion pounds per year. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine if it was that figure in 2004 mm-hmm. and 2005, what is it like now? In fact, it accounts for up to 30% of sickness absence. Mm-hmm. And this costs the National Health Service 300 to 400 million pounds a year. Mm-hmm. And that they found as well in a survey in 2006, a staff survey, that one in three staff reported that they had suffered from work pressure mm-hmm. in one way or the other in 2003 and 2004. Mm. And what we're finding is that, for example, in Europe, Mm. the European Agency for Safety and Health at Work estimated that the cost of work-related stress in the European Union was 20 billion euros. That's 25 billion US dollars. Mm -hmm. And There's been similar uh, losses reported in other Western countries. Mm -hmm. So basically, uh, the consequences of it results into the cost. Um, And it seems as though, uh, now I'm wondering about the individual. Mm. What does that lead to? Because obviously, when you're bent out, you're no longer well. There might be other stuff socially, medically, and psychiatrically as well. Yes, you're right. And what we find is that when you're burnt out, you're irritable, you're frustrated, lead, and this causes anger issues, substance abuse, mm. depression, and as it's worse, suicide. Mm. 
you know it's report it's re- been reported over the years and it's not uncommon mm. that many people take their lives due to work related issues mm. and although defined as a psychological syndrome burnout does have physical manifestations it causes the person to report headaches gastrointestinal dis- intestinal disorders sleep mm. disturbances mm. poor work life balance and sedentary lifestyles because you're sitting at your desk all day just trying to produce content or product leading to poor diets and weight issues mm. i mean some patients will tell me on the about the apps that they have which record how many hours they stand for mm. and they very lucky to stand once during the day in terms of their work and this facilitates then medical illnesses such as diabetes cardiac illnesses high cholesterol all these problems because of the sedentary lifestyle and there's definite we have to say family and social consequences mm. and what we do is we tend to place our work aspirations over and above our family because hey we work for our families aren't we mm. so that's why we feel it's appropriate and justifiable but what we find then obviously this leads to work uh, to fail relationships mm. be it with your spouse or children mm. this creates the work home conflicts and sadly ultimately divorce so it creates a series of negative feedbacks and vicious cycles it just creates this s- sad endless downhill spiral i feel very very sad as you you mentioning it because it seems obviously this is the digital world and is the digital era and there's so much that so much pressure that's put on people and that um, as you can see uh, there's a high rate of divorce high rate of uh, all different kind of illnesses a lot of people are dissatisfied with whatever they do and uh, and there's so much expectation which which people are actually um having to to deal with and i'm asking myself what might be the solution to this so let's look at some of the especially with work and one of the solutions can be seen as working engagement so we sometimes lots of times in fact cannot mm. escape mm. working as much as we'd like to go sit on the beach time out which is brilliant obviously mm. helps with time out taking a break mm. and and not many of us have the capability give it that we have taken leave previously or the fact that the workplace doesn't allow for it or you've taken up all your leave already more importantly is to try and see your workplace or shift your workplace define it as a positive fulfilling state where we need to make it one characterized by vigor dedication energy involvement efficacy mm-hmm. rather than exhaustion cynicism and lack of e- efficacy mm-hmm. which are the three constituents of burnout mm-hmm. employees need to be engaged so that they have an effective connection with their work activities rather than seeing it as being a distant deliverable and as much as working engagement may negatively predict frequency of sickness absences uh the vigor dimension of work engagement is important and we hope you know by shifting our attitudes to our workplace shifting our mindsets that it creates for a positive environment for the individual and for the group as a whole mm. and i'm not just saying that organizations that have a positive work engagement environment mm-hmm. have been shown to have a reduced burnout rate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this helps 
the organ- individual as well as an organization. Not just protecting you for burnout, by the way. It also mm-hmm. protects you from depression and anxiety because the environment is seen as active and energetic. And it allows you to create a positive environment. And this leads to positive physical, mental, and emotional well-being. And so it's important to honestly define your own personal and professional values and goals. Mm -hmm. And that's allowing for a positive career path and work environment based on your priorities. See, what we tend to do is try to, we find work Mm. and we try to fit our work. The idea is to be fully authentic to who you truly are and finds a job that aligns to who you are mm-hmm. in a positive way. And that's fundamental to creating a positive person and by default a positive workplace in which you can uh, function in. Mm-hmm. Another important area which we find helps with uh, burnout is emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a con- again a concept that's been it's quite new. How does that play a role in the whole thing? So what is emotional intelligence? And EI, as we call it, is the ability to perceive, process, and regulate one's emotions Mm. and the emotions of others. Mm. It allows you to manage internally. It informs us internally Mm -hmm. about the the environment we're in, Mm and the people that we're surrounded by, Mm. and allows us to navigate our relationships with others. Mm. And what we find is that EI has been associated with less mood deterioration, Mm. and very, very important, I think, is emotional reactivity. Mm -hmm. Because when we react, it generally leads to conflict. Mm -hmm. Rather, it endeavors to teach us to respond to situations Mm -hmm. in an optimal way. Mm. And what studies have shown is that people with higher emotional intelligence are able to handle stresses better in the workplace. Mm. And they're able to perceive, regulate, and process emotions more effectively. Mm. And this leads to a more enhanced feeling of well-being Mm. and less emotional disturbance. Mm -hmm. And where we help employees to improve their emotional intelligence, it actually reduces the prevalence and degree of burnout and depression for that matter. Mm. So these are qualities, and as much as uh, Goldstein in his book on emotional intelligence uh, describes five qualities, various other, there are other positive person, uh, personality traits that we can also inculcate mm. that will facilitate an improvement in emotional intelligence. I think we still at the, bottom of the mountain in terms of understanding emotional intelligence there's so much more that there is mm-hmm. to still understand mm-hmm. that will help us in terms of uh, burnout and depression mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with respect to because there's there's quite a lot of concept around um, work-life balance which mm-hmm. may contribute positively to reducing burnout and other illnesses that comes or as a result of burnout. So how, how can work-life balance really help one alleviate or actually not fall prone to experiencing burnout? So you mentioned work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Now what's interesting when I go into organizations and sometimes I'll open the floor by asking, what do you guys want to talk about? Inevitably, work-life balance comes up. And what I ask then is, is there such a thing as work-life balance? And there will be one or two individuals say yes, and I'll say, well, if you hit your target 
for the year, give it an ends in December, by October, does your organization close down? And the answer is usually definitely shaking of the head. Mm. And perchance you manage to complete the project by two to leave for the rest of the day. Mm. And again, there's disapproval around that kind of behavior. Mm. And as much as we speak of work-life balance, mm. organizations are driven by a financial bottom line. And I will ask, how much is enough for an organization? And it's never enough. In fact, if then I ask, how, as much as you're being paid, are you being paid enough? It's never enough. Mm. So what's interesting, we speak of work-life balance, mm. but there's never enough. There's no balance financially. Mm-hmm. So rather than work-life balance, one needs to find, I'll use the word work-life harmony, where you need to f- be in harmony with what you're going through. You may have to work sometimes, mm. long hours to deliver mm. on a project, mm. but you need to find that harmony, I will say, within yourself and the work you do. Because work-life balance has been defined as being not only about families and children, nor is it about working less. We argue nowadays it's about working f- smart, it's about being fresh enough to give all you need to both work mm. and the home environment without jeopardizing one or the other. Mm. It becomes a fine line sometimes to mm. try and find that balance. Yet it is a necessity for everyone at whatever stage of your life you're in. Because what we find is that uh, there's a statement I share with patients and clients over the years is that before age, let's choose an age of 50, you chase wealth. Mm at the expense of your health. Mm. There's a point you reach in your life where you're chasing health at the expense of your wealth. The idea is to try to find that balance between the two. In fact, maybe some personal strategies for people to employ in terms of achieving work-life balance is to define your own personal values Mm. as much as you define your professional values mm. and give your personal values as much credence as your profes- professional values. In fact, by giving your personal values importance, it may allow you to achieve it, uh, more in your professional workplace. Mm. Ensure you select the appropriate job and specialty. And I see it as seeing what fits you rather than you fitting in. Define limits because the burnt-out individual describes to me working till Monday morning 6, going to bed and getting up again and working. Mm. There are no limits. Sometimes I'll, I have to say, they'll tell me they work through lunch, and I'll say, why do you work through lunch? Mm. Are you going to have lunch later? They say, yes. And I say, so, so why don't you have lunch now? Mm-hmm. You know? So it's interesting. We just push ourselves beyond limits in terms of work at our own personal expense. Mm. And ensure we develop positive strategies to respond to stress. Mm. Mm. Have a positive support circle and relationships. Mm. Ensure ensure there's people that you have your back, as I might say, mm-hmm. are there to give you the love you need and, give, and you in turn give them the love so that we're all one team. Take care of personal needs. Mm. Ensure you sleep at a certain time, get up at a certain time, mm. take care of your nutrition, your exercise and health. Except as we grow older, you may have personal limitations and physical limitations. Be positive, thankful. In fact, express gratitude, gratefulness and appreciation. Compassion and kindness because when you share it with others, you're actually sharing it with yourself. There's one a story I'd like to share because in the early days when they discussed stress and burnout at, in the workplace, they'll describe consultant or corporate worker who's worked himself to the end 
to the point where they've had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. This is like years before we had cell phones and mobile devices. And they have the heart attack and they're lying in the cardiac ICU. And they hear the machines, the blood pressure monitors, mm-hmm. the ECG monitors, mm-hmm. the blip on the screens. And they'll say, geez, this is the time, first time that I have time, but I don't have the time to do anything or I can't do anything with this time. Yet, sadly, I've seen this with the advent of mobile devices, laptops, tablets. Yeah. I'll see a patient lying in the ICU, post-heart attack, continuing their business. And even there in the ICUs of this world, the technology is invaded. And you know what's taken over, the work at the expense of health or the wealth at the expense of the health. And this is the challenge that people are facing. Yet there are numerous unlimited strategies to help reduce the stress of burnout. Exercise, volunteer work, which involves compassion, gratefulness, and graciousness. Even religious activities have been reported to help Mm. because it's giving rather than how much I get. Social organizations. Mm. And all these hopefully help achieve the stress uh, reducing the stress levels. In fact, they found spending more than 90 days, 90 minutes, sorry, a day with your spouse is a predictor of a happy relationship. You know, some might disagree, but that's what the studies show. Uh, stress-related coping strategies, keeping stress to oneself is a predictor, in fact, of emotional exhaustion. It is very important to accept that we all are fallible beings and things do not necessarily always work out to plan. So as much as an organization might demand up or out, things will go down at some point. Mm-hmm. As some people say, if I ask them, what is it most that they fear? They tell me failure. But failure, again, is society or the work's definition of failure rather than twist on your journey. So yes, lastly, I would like to say that it's important to remain positive and thankful, grateful, and show appreciation for whatever it is you have in life. And that is probably the thing of most importance. <laughs>